Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. I'm Kara Platoni. I'm Eric Simmons. And I'm Becky Palmstrom. And in this show, we're learning about human-powered Ferris wheels. Did she say human-powered Ferris wheels? I think she said human-powered Ferris wheels. I did say human-powered Ferris wheels. So pack your... Actually, I don't even know what to tell you to pack. Neither do I. Let's just go on a field trip. Hi, Becky. Welcome to the podcast. Very glad to be here. So, uh, first of all, where exactly is here? Where are you calling us from? Uh, the lobby of a very expensive hotel in Yangon. Uh, it's one of the few places with good enough internet for Skype, and it's the middle of the night here. There's no one else here, and I just asked them to turn the music off so that I could sit and talk with you. So, tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Myanmar. Uh, so I'm working with a group of Burmese radio journalists on a radio show for youth. And it looks at stuff like whether Myanmar young people should have sex before marriage or whether they're drinking too much and what all the political changes mean for rural folks here. And so it's hard to get an Internet connection where you are. And that's why you're in a hotel hallway? Exactly. <laughs> After North Korea, Myanmar has one of the worst Internet and cell phone reach in the world. Uh, power cuts and electricity blackouts are pretty regular. In fact, three quarters of the population here are entirely off the electric grid. Why is getting electricity such a big problem there? Uh, it's a little controversial, actually. There were candlelight protests on the streets here a few months ago. Ordinary people were just asking why it is that Myanmar exports so much of its electricity to China and India, but they don't have enough to reach the population. And the answer, of course, is politics. But the government is working to fix it. So you, being an outstanding reporter, decided to answer a question that we were all wondering about. If you don't have electricity, how do you run a Ferris wheel? Give me a little context. Well, in Myanmar, there's this thing called the Pagoda Festival. And they're often during the full moon and they celebrate the Buddhist shrines or pagodas. And it's a time to give offerings to the pagoda, but also to celebrate. Imagine your typical fairground mixed up with religion, sometimes gambling and drinking, and always eating silly amounts of Burmese junk food. The Ferris wheel is one of the main events, and you can ride them for about a dollar, which doesn't sound like much until you realize that the average salary around here is about $30 a month. I'm basically like picturing a hamster wheel here. How exactly does this thing work if you can't plug it in? Well, I went with my friend Yan to find out. So it's evening time now, and we're walking through the main market area of one of the largest festivals in Myanmar called Taumbyo, which is about 45 minutes outside of Mandalay in the north of the country. And that was just the sound of a guy getting tattooed on the streets, which is pretty typical. And I'm here with my friend Yan. And how are you feeling about riding this Ferris wheel? Well, this will be my first time. I have never ride those kind of like human power Ferris wheel. But you've seen them many times. Yeah, of course. How tall would you say this Ferris wheel is? Oh, it's kind of like one, two, three, four, five, maybe 60 to 70 feet. So let's go closer and um, see if we can get on board. So, hey, Becky, what does this thing look like? So it looks like your average American Ferris wheel, only if you look closely, you can see these tiny little figures 
who are just dwarfed because of the size of the thing, flinging themselves off the Ferris wheel and crawling inside it. Just standing just underneath the Ferris wheel at the moment, um, looking up, it looks very, very high. I won't get on. It's too scary. Why do you say that, Jan? I can have a heart attack. Maybe almost panic attack. There's about nine teenage boys who work the wheel. Some are wearing bandanas, a few have bare feet, and they take the dust from the ground into their hands and rub it together to give them extra grip. And then they climb 60 feet and begin to walk around the inside of the wheel, using the weight of their bodies to pull the 14 carts around. They're suspended from the wheel, and each cart has at least four people aboard. So as the momentum increases, the young men are also spun to the ground, and they jump off, making the wheel spin around even faster. Wait a minute. So this does look like a hamster wheel. Well, sort of. I mean, it looks like your average Ferris wheel. It's just that there are nine people climbing up the inside to the very top. And so they're just using their own body weight to spin the Ferris wheel around? Hmm. They begin by walking around the inside of the wheel, and then different guys have different techniques. So sometimes hanging off the bottom of the carts and rocking back and forth, or pulling themselves over the top of the carts. And does jumping off give the wheel more momentum, or are they just kind of getting out of the way as the wheel goes round? I think part of why they jump is to get out of the way, but it also seems to add a bit of momentum. And what's kind of fascinating is how chilled out they are about the whole thing. Though they're incredibly concentrated when they're working, they definitely have this nonchalant teenage air about them, as though it's the most normal thing in the world to jump off a 60-foot spinning wheel. I'm guessing that worker safety is just not a big deal where you are. Actually, this ride is part of a family business. This Ferris wheel and the electric-powered dragon swing beside it are owned by brothers, and one brother is in charge of each. And since they were kids, this family has traveled the country following the Pagoda Festival. This guy is the one with the whistle, and he supervises the wheel. You don't need to have any skill. Like if you are like if you have a good character, you can be one. Like if you are interested, he can train you. Could you train me? Because you are a foreigner, I can't train you. If, if they are local, if, if something happens, we can stop it easily. Wait a minute, Becky. Is he worried that if you work on this machine, it will kill you? <laughs> I think so. Or, or at least that if something did happen to me, it would be really bad for business. And being a foreigner in Myanmar has other drawbacks, it turns out. <laughs> You said that I'm not allowed on? Yep, because you are like uh, people from other country. I haggle, I beg, I flatter, but they won't budge. Apparently the ride is safe enough for locals, but not for foreigners, who might, it seems, be more of the mind to jump off the top of the Ferris wheel in sheer terror. So finally, I give in, and Yang gets his wish, and we don't ride the Ferris wheel. But the loudspeaker is pronounced into the world that we shouldn't be scared, and that this is the only time in the whole year that we can have fun. That's quite a lot of pressure, so 
We look to brother number two's enormous ride. You in the States call it a dragon swing. It's a giant boat-shaped ride that swings you violently back and forth like you're trapped on a pendulum. This one's electric powered. The smell of diesel is pretty overpowering and the whole thing looks super rickety. It's supposed to sound like the motor of a boat, but that only makes it seem more dangerous. Even you get on, you won't be able to handle your recorders. That sounds like a challenge, Jan. Should we do it? If you want. Okay, let's do it. Okay. I hate these things. I really, really hate these things. Okay. Suame, suame. Can we go in the... And that was the last time anybody ever heard from Becky Palmstrom. Thank you for joining us on an unusually sad episode of the Field Trip Podcast. Oh, no, I'm still here, guys. I'm fine. Traumatized, but fine. Becky, you are the awesomest. Thank you for taking one for the team. I have actually managed to ride a human-powered Ferris wheel many times at other pagoda festivals. And I've got to say, none of them have been nearly as scary as that boat. Thanks for joining us for a special Summer Dispatches edition of the Field Trip Podcast. We'll be back next week with a new one from somewhere else on the planet. Our behind-the-scenes team includes producer Casey Miner, composer Andrew Sutherland, and illustrator Mike Smith. Special thanks to this week's reporter, Becky Palmstrom. Very glad to be with you guys. And can we also thank my friend Jan, who can't be here as his legs are still shaking from Tambio. <laughs> yes. And also special thanks to this week's studio engineer, Megan Molteni. And as always, thanks to Jim Richards, Jeremy Rue, the UC Berkeley Graduate School School of Journalism and science nerds everywhere. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can download our podcast for free on iTunes or from our website, fieldtrippodcast.com. Keep an eye on our Twitter feed for more updates. We're at Field Trip Log. I'm Eric Simmons. I'm Carol Platoni. And we will see you next time on the Field Trip Podcast. Podcast.